I am fantasy and paranormal romance author Leslie Penelope, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello friends, today is Sunday, August 14th, 2022, and this is episode 182 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing was The Monsters Redefy finally came out, and I know that was last week's best thing too, but it was a really good thing. And I had some amazing events this week to celebrate the launch that you can watch the replay of the Instagram live that I did with Sister Sci-Fi, which was a fantastic conversation. Really, really good. It's always great to, to talk to people who've read the book and have really interesting questions about it and enjoyed the book too. Like, I can't lie. Um, but I really enjoyed that. And then the in-person event at Loyalty Bookstores in Maryland that happened this week was also really great. So it was a different kind of event than I've ever been to or experienced before. It was like a meet and greet, um, happy hour type of thing. So they had snacks and you're kind of mingling in the bookstore, which is a fairly small store. I hadn't actually been to that store before. And so it was a little like weird, like people were like, oh, what are we supposed to do? What's happening? But I got the chance to hopefully meet just about everybody who came. And if you came and I didn't get to talk to you individually, aside from the signing, I'm really sorry. I tried to work my way through. Um, and it is a challenge for introverts, both me, the author and readers who are often introverts to have that kind of event. But it was different and it was cool. And um you know, I, I actually had a lot of fun. And then at a certain point, I talked about the book, I did a short reading, and signed a bunch of books. And so if you have pre ordered from the loyalty bookstore, the signed copy, hopefully you're getting your copies as we speak, and you've already, you've already gotten it. And I'm sending out the swag for the pre orders who did not get the signed book. So um, as this podcast comes out, hopefully this week, you'll be getting your swag or your books. Um, and yeah, I had a really great week. I had a lot of fantastic feedback online to the book. It feels like the most energy around a book release that I've had so far, which is fantastic. Super proud of this book. And people are tagging me in good reviews. Please don't tag me in negative reviews. <laughs> but um I've just been feeling great about about the launch. Also, my editor and my publicist at Orbit both sent me these detailed emails about all of the marketing and publicity activities that have been going on, which is the first time I've gotten something like that. And I love information. I love knowing what's happening. And it was amazing. My, my publisher in uh, the UK also sent me a rundown of their activities too, because the UK version came out um, this week, a couple of days after the US and Canada version. Someone asked me if it was coming out in Canada, and I'm like, I think so. I don't know which day. Is that the US day or the UK day? And it turns out I believe it was the US day. So uh, for the future, I will know US and Canada on one day, and then you know other countries are going to have their own things going on. But yes, fantastic launch. And... Now we're on to the next, um, one more event at the end of the month in San Diego, which I'm looking forward to. And then, um, oh, the National Book Festival, of course, which I'm also really looking forward to. So very, very exciting times. And I'm grateful that all of that is done. It's out in the world and, you know, trying to think of ways to keep promoting. I've got post ideas that I'm going to do about more research things like the behind the scenes that I just need to sit down and write and schedule and <laughs> get out. It's always the always the task. So my writing update. The next book is the follow-up to Monsters, although not a sequel. And it's the My Black Towns book. Been going well so far. This week I hit a bit of a snag. Snags always happen. So I got to the next scene that I was supposed to write. And 
it was one of those things where resistance popped up. It didn't feel right. I wasn't sure why. And so I took a step back and I was trying to figure out, okay, what is wrong with this scene? Why don't I want to write it? I read through the fast draft that I was supposed to be revising. And I mean, I could have revised it as it was, but it was like, mm, this is not exactly what's supposed to happen. So I didn't feel like the scene was raising the stakes enough at that point in the book. I didn't feel like it was doing enough work. The scene as I had written it, its purpose was mainly building a relationship between the two sisters, my main character and her sister. And also it was supposed to be seeding um, the relationship between two other characters. And I was like, well, that's fine. But at this point, you know, I need to be ramping things up. We're, we're going towards the midpoint. We were like four scenes away from the midpoint. So everything has to be a building block. And I just didn't feel like the stakes were raised enough in either the internal or the external conflict of my main character. Like you were doing relationship building and some character work, but not enough plot work. There was a little bit of plot work, but not much. So knowing that, um, I, I needed to go back and figure out, okay, how can I beef up the scene, make it do more work, make it more engaging, and just raise the stakes? So then I looked at the next scene, like what is the scene leading into, and how does that all lead to the midpoint? The midpoint is fixed. Like I know that's it's a big event that I'm leading up towards, and so you know I have to get the steps, and they have to be increasingly tense and you know, um, conflict ridden. So I went back to my Miro board, which I talked about and showed a few weeks ago, kind of the online sticky notes of the outline. I started going backwards from the midpoint to see, okay, if that has to happen, what's the cause and effect that leads to that? And that helped me figure out a few more things that this scene could do. I looked at the character motivations and, you know, in the scene I had done previously, my main character had set a new goal. So this scene was part of that new goal. Fine. How can I build on that? Um, I re-outlined the scenes between the previous scene and the midpoint. And I started to story grid them to figure out what none of the elements of the scenes were and the element of this specific scene was. And then I got to the turning point. So for a story grid, it's desire, inciting incident, progressive complications, and then turning point. I didn't know what the turning point was. So I reread the Turning Points article, which I talked about a few weeks ago. Also, I will link to that in the show notes. It's a great article that I read all the time. <laughs> the progressive complications are supposed to lead to a turn, which is a change in the value of the scene. So the character comes in wanting something, faces the progressive complications or the obstacles, and then something has to change, right? And I did not know. So then I went back and I reread basically the book, I, I skimmed through the book so far. And this is like chapter 12 or 13. We're about 25, 30,000 words in on this draft, maybe 35,000 words. Um, so I didn't reread everything, but I skimmed through, uh, kind of just living through the characters, trying to figure out, okay, what would my main character do next based on everything that's gone before? And then I started brainstorming what could possibly happen based on the things that had happened before. And then finally, I had an aha moment. I figured something out. So the rereading on top of all the other work helped. And there are some flashbacks in the story. And I realized that in order to seed the ground of the conflict that's coming, it's like this, there's a main thread of conflict. There's a main force of antagonism that I have in the in this present day storyline. 
in order to see that, I figured out that I needed to have like an embodiment of this antagonist. So the antagonist for this part of the story is like basically a government agency, right? It's a town. It's a story about a black town that's being threatened by the construction of a dam. And there is this government agency who is trying to kick everyone out of the town because of the dam, right? So I needed somebody from that agency on the page in the scene. I've had other people, but they were kind of faceless, you know, drones. I needed a person. And rereading it, made me realize that this could be a person from the past who I've seen in a flashback. And it's connected to the secret that my main character has and is trying to hide. And it's just a really good through line. So I was thinking, okay, it's kind of a coincidence at that point, but I can create a backstory that makes it make sense for that character. In certain ways, you know, you have to use coincidences in writing. You have to make them not feel like they're implausible, but bringing characters back, characters that you've already seen, it just makes a lot of sense. Sometimes you need a brand new character that you're inventing for this purpose. And sometimes you want to keep it tight and um, keep it motivated. Like by bringing back this character from this flashback, there's emotional resonance there for my main character. You know, she had this relationship with this character. They are back. It causes emotion It also touches on her internal conflict. It touches on the external conflict. It did everything I needed to do, the things that were missing in the scene. It raises the stakes. It raises the emotions. And yeah, that that whole brainstorm just came to me and I was like, okay, I can do this. And then it was a matter of figuring out how to fit them in. So it didn't just feel like I'm wedging something in. It has to feel natural and organic. And I felt like I was able to sync things together, you know, by having this callback and having this figure come. And it opened up possibilities that I had not even imagined for the story, which are really exciting for me. So I spent all week on the scene. I had this revelation and I still had to do a new fast draft because the scene drastically changed and then revised that. And that ended up taking all week. And I did not want to spend all week on a single scene. I was texting some of my friends who I get together with in the mornings to write with because I've been complaining about working on the scene for days and days. And uh, one of my friends was like, is it a pivotal scene? And I'm like, it's not like a major turning point on the plot chart or anything, but every scene needs to be there. So in some ways, every scene is a pivotal scene. Like if you can take any of the scenes out, then why are they there in the first place, right? But that was just a thought that that crossed my mind. Like, hmm, is it a pivotal scene? Like, what does that mean? There are the big scenes that are on, you know, your inciting incident of the novel, the uh, climax of the novel, things like that. But this was pivotal because I needed it to go from point A to point B. It's literally like the line between two things and it needed to be right. And so I finally feel like I'm on the right track and that's good. I do feel like I lost a lot of time. This book is due October 1st at the moment, and I've already pushed the date back, so I do not want to push it back again. Although, you know, there's not a firm release date or anything. It's just the more I push it back, the more it gets pushed back. But I want to do everything I can to meet my deadline. So I have to pick up the pace a little bit and not like write faster, but I know I need to write on the weekends more. I've been really not, I've been writing five days a week. I have to up it to six at least. And Think about, you know, doing a schedule, which I've been saying I'm going to do and haven't yet actually accomplished. And maybe I haven't accomplished it because I'm a little bit afraid to actually write down a schedule and then see, oh, in order to finish this in the next 45 days, I need to 
do X number of scenes per day more than I'm doing right now. So yeah, good. I I fixed it. I figured it out, but not without some stress. But what I learned from the experience that I'm trying to codify what I'm doing and, you know, in my process, what to do when you're stuck with the problem. You can take a break, try to fill the well. That is something that is actually possible. Often it's the thing that you need to do. Just take a step back from it. Go back to craft. Often I will go back to articles or books on craft and try to have that be inspiring to me in some way. Um, It's really important to figure out why you're stuck what the problem is with what you're trying to write and what the resistance is that, to it. Reread what you've already written because that can get you in the mindset and get you sort of in the flow. And then you hit that stopping point and maybe you'll have a little bit of momentum to understand how to break through the blockage. Brainstorm possible solutions, a list of 10. Uh, at least brainstorm just 10 things. They don't have to go in the book. Most of them are not, right? But open yourself up to anything could possibly happen in the scene list them out. You could also move on and write the next scene. Like If you don't have to write in order, skipping it sometimes will let you know that in order to get to the thing that you skipped, oh, now I can work backwards and figure out what had to happen in that scene. So those are some techniques to try. Maybe try all of them like one at a time. I usually have to throw a bunch of things at the wall, as you can see, to figure out what works. Um, But yeah, eventually you will get it. And as long as you don't quit, I believe that firmly. And then move on to the next scene, and I'm sure I'll get stuck again, and I will be going through this again one day. Speaking of filling the well, I'm watching The Sandman on Netflix, like many people. Um, I did not read the comic books. I'm not a graphic novel, comic books reader. And I haven't read much Neil Gaiman. Um, The only book I've read by him is The House in the End of the Lane. That might not be the title. I'll find the title. Which I did an audiobook, and he read the audiobook, which was cool. But um, yeah, I don't know that I'm a Neil Gaiman person. So I am watching the show. I'm interested and I'm intrigued. I want to finish it. It's not like I'm not engaged by it. But I'm seeing people online who are just loving it, just madly in love with the show, just adoring everything about it. And I'm not there either. And I'm like, well, sometimes I just feel like, what's wrong with me? Why, why can't I love this? It seems like something I should really love. But I am interested in it. And I am, I'm on episode six. So hopefully by the end of this weekend, uh, maybe I'll be able to finish it in the next couple of days. My husband is not interested in it. We watched the first episode together. And so it's always hard, especially with him living on the couch, essentially, because he broke his foot and can't take the steps. It's always harder to fit in a show that we're not watching together. Um, we do have more than one TV, but I don't want to sit in the guest room and like watch a whole show. So that has slowed me down a little bit. But also, it's not like bingey. There's not like hooks at the end of every episode that are drawing you in. A couple of episodes do have hooks, but um, plenty of them don't. And it's just very unique. And I appreciate, you know, a unique television show that's doing something different. My friend assures me that everything will connect by the end, even though apparently it ends on a cliffhanger. Um, So anyway, I'm watching it. I'm intrigued. I do wish that I knew by episode six out of 10, more about the magic system. What are his powers exactly? How do they work? Is it Brandon Sanderson's law of something that you can solve a problem with magic in proportion to how much the audience understands about the magic? I'm sure I'm paraphrasing that improperly, but and I feel like I don't understand his powers. 
I don't understand how the magic works. The world building is interesting and I'm liking learning about it, but I don't know enough. And so I don't even know where the show is going. Like we're in episode six. There's not like a through line yet in the way that you would expect there to be, which is fine. They're doing something different and I'm, it's not unenjoyable. It's just strange and you feel unmoored. And maybe that's why I can't wholeheartedly just be madly in love with it. Um, but yeah, I am going to finish and I like the character development that I'm seeing. That's, that's the biggest thing that's pushing me through this character of the Sandman who is dream and his character development. And we don't know very much about him in the beginning. They don't give you much of a setup as to like normal world. There's a brief in the first episode glimpse of the normal world. And then the inciting incident comes pretty quickly. So I wonder if we had more normal worlds, if I felt more connected to this character. But then again, he's not a human, so it's hard. And that's part of the story. Anyway, Sandman, Netflix, Neil Gaiman. Let me know what you think about it if you're watching it and if you're having any of the same issues that I have or, you know, it could just be me. Also, there was a weird glitch with the podcast last week. I did post it on time, but I didn't realize it just didn't, the audio didn't post for some reason. So shout out to Janine for letting me know that something was amiss. And then I logged in and was able to fix it. I don't know what happened. Weird glitch. Also wanted to give a shout out to Judith Moffat, who is a listener of the show. And she published her first book uh, not too long ago. And it's called Confrontation at Nuxfar. It has a fantasy, epic fantasy with an older seasoned protagonist. And I remember she had messaged me a while back when she was working on it, asking like, is the world, does the world want, you know, an old lady protagonist, I think were her words or something similar. And I was like, absolutely. There are plenty of people out here who are tired of reading about 19 year olds and their problems and, you know, just young people populating as heroines and heroes of fantasy. So I just wanted to give a shout out. I linked to her book in the show notes. It's on Amazon, um, Kindle Unlimited. And yeah, I'm excited to check it out. I really want to be writing older characters myself. Like the current book, I really wanted to make her late 20s, early 30s, which I realize is not older, you know, as someone in my mid 40s. Um, but I spent a long time writing about very young people and I wanted to sort of move up gradually, but it didn't work out for story reasons. And so I think she's in her early 20s again, but I really do want to write a story with someone either my age or I don't know that I would do a great job with someone older until I get older. But yeah, I think the world needs many more voices and ages, you know, our different ages characters are a part of that and different age protagonists are a part of that. I know my agency sister, Maggie Wells, writes contemporary romance with seasoned characters, I like to say. And there are, there are others. Um, I think there was a whole anthology too. So yeah, any of you who are looking for characters maybe who are more your age and are doing, you know, things from a different perspective in life. Check out those books. Look for those books because I think that the publishing industry needs to know that this audience is out here. And, you know, I think Maggie Wells has been very successful with her contemporary romances. So they're taking note, but there's it's still not a whole lot of them comparatively. So more. I would like to do one. I think all my ideas are just people who are younger and they're at these turning points in their lives, which can happen at any age, but that that shift from you know teenager, young adult to not so young adult is 
captivating for me for some reason. And maybe as I get further and further away from that, as I get older, I'll be able to really access even older characters as my protagonists. And the, the ideas will be there because right now the desire is there. I just don't always find that the ideas are there. And I have many, many ideas all the time. So who knows? So that's it for me for this week. Uh, my goals for the coming week, just keep pushing on this this manuscript. I have set aside Beastly Kingdom for the moment. It just wasn't working out to work on two books at once, which means I might have to push back the release date. And I do not want to do that, but just physics, time, space, energy, unforeseen incidents, like my husband breaking his foot, um, you know, you can't control everything. So I'm not making any decisions yet. We will see by the end of the year what happens with that release date. In positive personal news, uh, my husband is improving very well. He is driving again. He still can't bear weight on the broken foot, but he's able to, you know, push the gas and the brake pedals. So he can drive again, which frees up my time in many ways, not having to drive him everywhere. Um, you know, there's still a lot because he still can't bear weight, but it's done a lot to help him, his mood, his independence, and also me. <laughs> so grateful for that. And yes, I hope that everyone has a wonderful week and I will talk to you next week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the Footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. You can email me at podcast at lpenelope.com and I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. My Imaginary Friends is part of the fraud is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcasts.